So, if you know me, you know I like a little bit of adventure. I enjoy being active. If I get an opportunity to go on a vacation, uh, wifey and I have very different approaches to vacations. She enjoys a nice hammock that's overlooking a beautiful place, or she might enjoy a leisure, like walk along. Not really beaches isn't, aren't her thing, but like me, I want like mountain biking. You know, bungee jumping. A little bit of adventure, you know. I, I, this, I like a little bit of, uh, of fun, some things that get me excited. And so uh, there was a time when I had a chance to go uh, whitewater rafting. And my wife actually went with me. We were with some high school friends, and uh, they taught us that uh, uh, white, white water rafting, uh, the reason why the rapids can be so fast is because of the pitch. It's like it starts high, finishes low, and the steeper, the faster the rapids are. Not like our river, not like Detroit River. Detroit River is very flat for the most part, not a high pitch. So it's, a, it's chill, kind of like us in Detroit. We kind of... We chill, you know what I'm saying? We don't need all that ruckus. We relax, you know? But what can make it go faster is these things called tributaries, where like a, a smaller river will connect to it and send more power, more water, and that can make the main river flow a lot faster. And I kind of feel like that's part of the season that we're in right now. There's this season that we're in called Christmas. And if it was just your voice, Christmas might be something that you can like manage and be able to not contain, but can guide. But, but everywhere you go, there's a Christmas voice. Walk in the store, Christmas decorations. The kids at school probably have a Christmas play coming up. Your friends are already planning when you return home or, or the family get-togethers. Like, there's this momentum that begins to happen around Christmas where before you know it, you are you're looking up and it's December 26th because you're juggling so many things. But that's for the adults. For the kids... They don't care about what's going on in the world. Christmas is coming. And there is this foundation of excitement that flows out of them. It doesn't matter what is happening. Kids' faces light up during this time. And so we got a few faces to show you. Because you can't describe in words what, what's going on in a kid, but, but you can see it. You can see the, 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 the excitement and the joy and the, the, the sheer just like, just ready to let go and let loose. And, and, and my hope today is to, to allow God's word to give us adults a little bit of that excitement, a little bit of that sheer joy, a little bit of that 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 which can't be described just in words, but that you can see upon our faces when we come alive. There's a biblical character who, who represented and expressed joy in this way. 
His name was John the Baptist. And if you could with me, turn to John chapter 1. I think we'll get, a, we'll get a glimpse of his excitement that I hope will spill into our lives and gives us a little bit of excitement as well. John chapter 1. And when someone gets there, please let me know what page that is. 1509, John chapter 1, page 1509. And, uh, and by the way, I, I said, I'm going to go ahead and just get it on out of there. Yes, my team, Ohio State, lost yesterday. <laughs> I did not pick these colors on purpose. It just so happened that I put this on. This will never happen again, Johnny. I'm just letting you know that uh, for the record. Um, but hey, lose, lose gracefully. You lose grace. Okay. John chapter 1, starting in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That verse in verse 1, in the beginning, that, that, that phrase, it, it's, a, it's a connecting phrase, connecting, connecting their experience back to the, back to the Old Testament. If, if you remember in school, you would open up a book, and when the book said, once upon a time, you already knew where this was about to go. Certain phrases let you know what to expect. Certain phrases welcome your mind into, oh, this is going to be a fairy tale. Well, well, by saying in the beginning, John is connecting this people back to Genesis 1. If you can flip back to the first page of the Bible, you'll see in Genesis 1 those same three words start the Bible out in the beginning. So John is connecting, okay, what, what started all things is what I'm about to talk about now, and in the beginning was the Word. Not that the Word was an entity that was created, that started when earth started, but the beginning the beginning of what? The beginning of all, the beginning of everything, the, 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 the start of starting, the ahead of ahead of time, the beginning was the word, was the word. Now, this word is a term that's, that has this beautiful connection between spiritual and physical the word is, is this Greek term called logos, and, and, and unfortunately, people had this mentality of spirituality back then. Actually, people have that mentality now. How many of you have met someone, and that person said, um, you know, I'm not into organized religion, but, but I'm, into, I'm into spirituality? Anybody? Has anybody met someone who said, who said, man, like the universe was just on my side, like working it out for me? See, we, we, we want to have a way to explain things, even if it's not God. So let's attribute it towards this force, or let's attribute it towards this, this being that stills allow for great things to happen on my benefit, 
but I get to kind of control it and, and, and use it for my own good. See, back in the day, that's how people would refer to, to Logos, as, as, a, as a voice of reason for why good things would happen. Kind of like the universe. But also to the, to the biblical writers, Logos is, is, is this God, is this, this, this being, this, this spiritual presence of, of, of Yahweh, of, of our God, that is so rooted in faith that you can't only ascribe it to the universe. You've got to see it as a clear depiction of a God that is our creator. And so he uses this word logos for us to understand. He, he, he's, he's doing this, this, this double word play where sometimes you'll do the same, where you drop, a, you drop a hint for a person that doesn't know, but there's also a little inside joke. And he's doing that for the beliefs. And for the non-believer, this thing that you think guides you, right here. And for the believer, this God that created you, right here. And so continue with me in the, in, uh, it says, in the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Proverbs chapter 8 says these verses, and you can see them up on the screen. God says these things. He says, the Lord brought me forth, and starting in verse 22, the Lord brought me forth as the first of his works before his deeds of old. I was formed long ago at the very beginning when the world came to be. When there were no watery depths, I was given birth. When there were no springs overflowing with water, before the mountains were settled in place, before the hills, I was given birth. Before he made the world or its fields or any of the dust of the earth, I was there. When he set the heavens in place, when he marked out the horizon of the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above the fix securely, the mountains of the deep, when he gave the sea its boundaries, so the waters were not overstep his command, and when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was constantly at his side. I was filled with the delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence, rejoicing in his whole world and delighting in mankind. What's that saying? That's a, a poetic way. I wish I, wish I could have got Stephen to rap that over a dope beat. You know what I mean? Like, like, like that, that's this visual imagery to help us wrap our minds around. He's always been. What, what do you use to start time? The oceans? Yep, before that. What do you use to start time? The clouds, before that. What do you use? The heavens being created? Yep, I was. I am, always have been, always will be. And so he's giving us this understanding that the Word, the Word was with us in the beginning. The Word was present. The Word was with God. This, this understanding of the Word being with God shows us a relationship that's deep, this, this connection, this this clear distinction that, that Jesus, that the word, and, and I'm going to let the cat out the bag, and in verse 17, John lets us know that the word is Jesus. 
But there's a clear distinction between God the Father and Jesus, but also this intimate relationship that's being described. I'm trying to see if I can wrap my mind around sharing this whole thing with you all, because in, in our schools that we go to for, for learning about Jesus, they have entire classes just on these first 17 verses, and I'm going to give it to y'all in about 12 minutes. Don't trust that. A little bit longer than 12. The Word was in the beginning. The Word in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Verse 3, through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. Okay, hold on. So, Pastor, you're telling us we got reasons to be excited. Okay, so what John wants to do is, John wants to, John wants to give you almost like a, a shopping cart at the toy store. You know, at the toy store, you get a shopping cart, and kids see something go in it, and they get excited. And see one more thing go in, they get a little bit more excited, a little bit more excited. And so first he wants you to know this God, the God that created everything, he dwells. He's with you. This God is the Word. He's with God. He always has been, always will be. So that's the first kind of drop in the bucket for your heart to get excited. The second is that all things that were made flow out of him. So not only did he always exist, you flow from him. That everything created comes out of him and everything that's maintained, that continues to be, flows from him. Verse 4, in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. That light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I get to... Uh, kick it with my children occasionally. And uh, one of the things that they enjoy doing for some reason when we're in a dark room and they have flashlights is testing out the flashlight and shining it right in my eye. <laughs> See, Daddy? I've never been in a room where a light was turned on and darkness was like, nah, where light was snuffed out, where light didn't overtake the darkness. If there was power, light prevailed. See, we're being shown here that, that this word, this God, this, this, this one in which John is celebrating and getting excited about, says, yeah, there's darkness in the world, but it won't prevail. There's darkness that exists, but it doesn't win. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it, verse 5. Continue with me in verse, verse 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. This, uh, this John the Baptist, it's, it's interesting that, that his name is John the Baptist, and we know that he did baptize. 
But the thing he's most known for actually is being a messenger, is preparing the way, is letting people know that this Jesus is coming. They say that actually we should have probably named his brother John the messenger because that's what he did. He, he, he went out and he told people, or John the witness. I wonder during different elements of my life, what would have been the title ascribed to my name? Leon the jokester. Leon the glutton. Because there was a season, if you left it on your plate, I finished it. You know, like, like, like what, what would have been associated with, with your name? What would have been added to your name? See, John is known for doing something beautiful and something biblical, but actually this term witness is something that's, that's, like, that's like glitter. It gets on everybody. And being a witness is something that's supposed to be a part of all of our true experiences. We're all supposed to be able to rejoice in the beauty of who God is, that this word made flesh is coming to, to dwell, that this word, this God who's always been and always will be, that light dwells in us. And so we got a beautiful message to go and tell, and that's why we spent this last year in our evangelism series. Y'all saw the, the logo that, that looks like that little one, but we got a bigger one, Reconcile to Reconcile. John reminds you and me of our posture to be witnesses out unto the world. That's why it says of him, a man sent from God whose name was John, he came as a witness to testify concerning the light so that through him all might believe. I love that it doesn't say that because of his wisdom all might believe or because of his godliness all might believe. It says through him, which means that God had to do something. It wasn't because of him, it was God working through him, and that's the power of a witness, that you make yourself available to be used. That's what we've been saying month after month after month, and how you going to do it, it depends on you. Y'all, how many of y'all used to see y'all, my kids, y'all go to malls? Nope, they don't go to malls. How many of y'all used to go to the malls back in the day? See, the mall, it, it it was, it was strategic from the moment I hit the parking lot. See, I could tell which type of person you was based on which door you went into. See, if you went into the food court, I knew. You was one of them dudes that just love to eat first. You don't care about people. That ain't your thing. You just like to go get you some Chinese food, get the samples, do your thing. I know how you get down. But if you, was, if you was one of those people who liked to go in by the movies, I knew you loved a good time. You didn't really care about the people. You wanted to go have some fun. You running late. You trying to go watch a movie. But if you was like me, you liked attention, you walked in through the department store. And you went to every store first before you saw people so that when you saw people, you had all your bags. You could brag like, oh, these, these 10 bags, this is how I do. This is just what I, oh, this ain't nothing for me. This is just a light day. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like it's, just, it's just how you, how you, how you enter the mall said a lot. And, and evangelism is a similar thing. 
Some of you are going to go through a personal testimony, and that's the, way you, that's the way you believe that you enter into an evangelistic conversation. Some of you are going to go through service where you do an act of service and you help someone out, and then when they say, man, why, why, you, why you give up half of your day to do this? Then you say, well, let me tell you what God gave up for me. Some of you are going to be a little bit different and you're more intellectual and you sit down with a person and say, hey, man, like I heard you ask this question about how do politics connect with God? Well, can I share a little bit about how I see politics working as a as a component of my faith? Like some some people have different interests. Either way, we all coming in to have a good time to celebrate Jesus. And guess what? It has to be him that works through us in order for there to be a great impact. So that. It takes a little, bit of the, a little bit of the fear off. Not because we don't worry about what people think, because some of us do worry about that. I'm one of them. But more, even if I didn't worry, it has to be something he does through me. I don't have the strength enough to do it in and of myself. So John's a witness. He's calling for you and I to also be witnesses. Continue with me. Verse 9, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of, or, or of a husband's will, but born of God. So first we have this, this, this word that always was, always is. And then John lets us know that we get excited to tell other people about that word. There's a part of John that gets to do something that we get to do today. It's in verse 9. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming. Was coming. Was coming. You get ready. You get excited. You anticipate. It's something that you're getting prepared for. And that's what this next season of the Christian calendar is about. We say this term Advent for the next four weeks after this Sunday. The next four Sundays are Advent Sundays. And in the church are probably the only times you use the word Advent. But Advent simply means coming. And I think we got one for that, right? Maybe, maybe not. Advent simply means the word coming. And, and John is trying to prepare the way for the Messiah who is to come. And our hearts should be doing the same. Our hearts should be trying to get ready, trying to get excited, trying to look forward to this Messiah who is coming. So we're going to try to help you out in a few different ways. The first way is, is this Advent wreath. So this bag up here has Advent wreaths. And my sister Vershawn blessed us. Jenny got it started. Vershawn finished it out, put it all together, and it looks amazing. And thank you, my sister, because y'all know if you would have had me do it, because you're supposed to get three purple, one pink, and a white, you would have had a, a turquoise, 
a yellow, a maroon, if Pastor Leon would have been in charge of this. Okay. So thank you, sister. But the Advent wreath is something that we do each Sunday to help us engage with an aspect of the Messiah, of his love, his joy, peace, hope. We get to engage with each one of the different aspects of the Messiah. And we're going to have instructions for you, the whole nine. But if you didn't get a reef in the past, feel free to come up and grab a reef. They're going to be in the bags. We also have the thankfulness jars. These jars are my sister Monica and, and Elise and the team put these together. They have some instructions. You saw the video, right, with the snow coming down and the lights shining on Monica. You know what I'm saying? That, that video was dope. Um, look, we, we, why are we doing this? To just try to help stir up some excitement. To not let all of the world and the commercial hijack the purpose of this next season. The purpose of this season is to get excited about Jesus' birth, not get excited about the sales and look what I got for Black Friday and how ugly your sweater is. Like, that's not the purpose of the season. The purpose of the season is to grab our minds, grab our hearts, and to be a witness. To have a little bit of John rub off on us. To be a little bit John-like. And so what would that look like in these next four weeks? We're excited as a church body to pray, dream, and see God move, all for the purpose of people having belief in Christ. Belief in Christ. It's something that we need to be reminded of ourselves. Belief in Christ. You celebrate Santa with your kids, go for it. Do, do what you do. That's, that's cool. I'm not. But alongside Santa, are they getting belief in Christ? As your friends ask you about your rhythm, what are y'all doing on, 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 uh, on Christmas Day? What element of Christ is embedded within that? So that people don't just hear about the menu options that are going to be laid out. I'm still full from Thursday, I told somebody. That's, that's cool, but there needs to be an element where you get to express, share, reflect for yourself on the beauty of Christ. Why? Because in verse 11 it says, He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. We get the opportunity to be welcomed into a family. And every Christmas we get reminded about our Savior being born with that end in mind so that you and you and you could become a child of God. We got some reasons to be witnesses. We got a, a, a beautiful opportunity to be messengers, not messengers that are tuning our own horns, messengers willing to be used. Because what happens here is a spiritual experience, verse 13. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or husband's will, but born of God. Let's be reminded of this beautiful loving act that took place on our behalf. 
Advent's coming, y'all. Advent means coming, y'all. Verse 14, I'm going to get ready to get you out of here in a little bit. One of the next things that John gets excited about, that, that he's like, man, like I get, to, I get to tell people about this. I get to be a, a witness about this. I get to share and get you prepared for this guy coming. Listen, verse 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Saying this one is the one that's coming. So, so in the Old Testament, you had, you had experiences where, where, where uh, anybody remember the, uh, a story about the Red Sea? Where, where, where this cloud goes before the people of God, pulls back the waters, leads the people through disrupts things behind them for a little bit, and then their enemies uh, end up failing. They were led by a cloud. Then the people of God say, okay, we realize we, we need to, we want to respond to God, and so they, they make what's called a tabernacle, and a tabernacle is the place where that, that cloud-like presence would dwell in the tabernacle. And so John is now saying to you in verse 14, the word became fresh and made his dwelling among us. He's, that, that word dwelling is tabernacle. He's now saying that spirit that used to lead people then ended up in a tabernacle. Now that spirit is present in this Jesus and he, he's a son, came from the father, full of grace, full of truth. And he's coming. The presence in the tabernacle is coming. This God who led his people is coming. This God who protected his people is coming. This God who provided for his people is coming. Get excited. He is coming. That's, the, that's the, the, what is bubbling up inside of John. And that is the witness that which he shares. And that's, that's the heart of why we celebrate Christmas. We get excited about his coming. We get excited about who is coming and all that, that is communicated about the beauty of who he is. There's some stuff, y'all, that I get excited about and I shouldn't. Look, I can't even afford new, like, nice sneakers, what they call nice or whatever you call. Look, tennis shoes now have drop dates. They come out with a new line, and you got a window that's like this thin. You want that new pair of shoes? You got to be ready. Hannah, break it down. But you want the mic? Break it down for us. Hannah, Hannah ain't going to tell them. Look. And, but, but sometimes you venture out, and you're like, okay, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to do it. And, and, and you battling a 1,000 people. You hit the, 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 the buy button at 6.59.59. Boom, it goes through at 7 a.m. You get your shoes, you're like, oh, I got my shoes. Why was that so exciting? I just spent all my money. What wasn't my only pair of shoes, but 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 the but the but but you've been in an auction or you've been in something where you wasn't sure if you was gonna get it and you got it and you was like, yes. I've seen it happen on little stuff where, 
where my excitement comes, where I'm like, man, last year, I think, was it, want to play outside, kids didn't have boots, and then Amazon brought the boots. I'm like, yes. Go to the thrift store, somebody needs some pants, and they got their size perfect. Yes. Somebody drop off a sweet potato pie. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that, that, that we can't have small wins, we can't have experiences of joy, that, that, but, but let's, let's be honest, you get excited about some stuff. There's some things in your life you get excited about. There's some techies in the room that you don't need another iPhone. You just got it last week, but you get a, okay, you get excited about some stuff. What aspect of Jesus during Christmas excites you? If he's your everything, if he's the creator of all, if all things flow from him and are maintained in him, and he's like, and I'm going to be in your presence. I wanna, I'm going to dwell with you. That should do something for us. That should stir in us an excitement. And if it doesn't, pray. If you could care less, not that you don't like God, not that you don't believe God is real, but if, if over time the world has grabbed your attention to what it thinks is most important and your heart has become hardened a little bit or you've become a little desensitized and you just go through the motions and Christmas is just another holiday, pray. Pray that God would break your heart. Pray that God would convict you. Pray that God would send another messenger because sometimes we need to be reminded of the God we love. And maybe pastor ain't getting through, but, but another believer will. Here's the thing. A heart that doesn't feel soft, that can't be molded and shaped, a heart that becomes hardened, even if it's a subtle hardness, is a dangerous heart to have. Because God constantly wants to use you, and he can't use us if we are constantly ignoring him. So my prayer is that we would be excited about some of these things, some of these different components of how John describes the word, the word with us. Verse 16, out of his fullness, we have all received grace in a place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the only one and but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. You'll, you'll hear uh, Jehovah's Witness try to use this passage to say, hey, look, this will tell you Jesus isn't God. Because look how, look how different he is from the Father. And look, look, he seems to be a created being. And, and, and because, you know, they list all these interesting uh, grammatical errors that they make when they read. They they. They create their own reasoning to make Jesus not God. The, the goal here isn't for John to, to build a... John is trying to say, listen, 
You need to understand the beauty of who Jesus is, how he is fully God, but also what makes him distinct from the Father. And you should delight in that. You should delight in the Messiah's coming. You should delight that the word is coming. You should delight that the one full of grace and truth is headed here. You should delight that God is going to be with us. Family, I'm grateful that we get a chance to to kind of transition. This is our last Sunday of talking about things with evangelism. And some of y'all stood up like, yes, praise him. I mean, oop, I can't say that. I can't say that. Um, we, we, we spent a long time talking about evangelism. And this is our last Sunday in our evangelism series. But it's also a, a, a get your heart ready for Advent sermon. Uh, these next four Sundays, we're going to have uh, candles that are going to be lit. We're going to have songs that are going to... Um, that are going to have more of an Advent theme to them. We will have decorations that change the way the sanctuary looks. Uh, it's going to be different. And that's because we're in a, a, a different time. We're going to be in a time where our minds and our hearts get prepared to celebrate the coming of Jesus. And we invite you not to just go through the motions, not to let the currents of our society just hijack your focus, but for you to be able to say, I'm a witness to what the Lord has done, and I want to let him work through me and use me. Let's pray together. Let it be on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. We know that we don't want, Lord, uh, Christmas to... Um, to be, we want, this, we want to see reverence take place as we celebrate your coming. There's so much more we're going to say about your coming in the next four weeks, but we just want to get our hearts and minds ready. We want to have the right perspective. Help us to see you in the way that we should. Help us be open to being a witness Help us be quiet to listen to your voice. If it's to find space and time with you so that our hearts can be broken a bit more, then help us. But if it's, Lord, to operate out of our health and that firm foundation that we have and we get to be a little bit more joyous this season, then, Lord, let our smiles be a bit bigger. Let us learn from our kids. Let our excitement be about you. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.